episode of VL World Pods. I'm Stefan Butzko, your host for this little segment. And uh, I'm really excited to be joined by my colleague from ESPNFC, Dermot Kurrigan. He is uh, a very prolific writer about Spanish football. He is covering, I guess, the, the city of Madrid first. Of yeah, yeah. Hey, Stefan, how's it going? That's that's the, the the daily beast will be Madrid and Atletico keep an eye on what's going on all right <laughs> yeah thanks uh, for coming on um and i will pick your brain a little bit about the upcoming uh, champions league tie between Borussia Dortmund and Atletico Madrid um because i personally i must admit i'm haven't seen too many games of them so First, I just want to ask you in, in general, how is uh, Atletico's Champions League campaign going? They have uh, beaten uh, Monaco and, and Bruges 2 to 1 and 3 to 1, respectively. Um, Lucien Favre on the uh, last press conference said that uh, Madrid struggled, for instance, against Bruges. Um, how would you see their start to their own Champions League campaign so far in the first two games? I think Atletico have, have been pretty good. The, the first game uh, at Monaco was. was Built up as a, as a big enough game for Atletico, I think they it's one of maybe their best performance so far this season. Um, they they weren't great all the way through, but when they did click in the game, they scored some two two nice goals. Griezmann maybe is going back to to France as well helped him. It was probably his best game of the season. They've been they've been hot and cold so far. Atletico through through La Liga and the Champions League. I think there's a maybe similar to Madrid and Barcelona. All the the bigger teams in Spain after the. After the World Cup, are still the players are not maybe up to 100% fitness. They're not 100% focused yet on their their club duties. It's taken a while to get going. But Atletico have maybe reserved their better performances for for the Champions League, and especially thinking back to, to last year when they um, they went out of the competition in the or they dropped down to the Europa League after the group stages when they had the disasters against Karabakh. Everybody was talking about that, especially before the. The Bruges game, so they're they're focused on making sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, Atletico have a very distinct style of play. Let's say, um, do you think uh, it helps them in the Champions League that uh, they face teams that maybe don't know exactly how to play against them versus teams in uh, La Liga who maybe know a little bit better how Atletico set up and know how to play against that? I think Atletico, um, the way that, the, as you say, the, for sure they have their their desired way of playing or the, the way that they've become known for playing under Simeone about being tough and hard to, to break down and, and trying to make sure that they take their chances and take the, to, to bring the, make the game into a bit of a, a tight battle and then come out on top. And that it, it suits them, especially when they get into the, cha to, to the, uh, the knockout rounds of the competition, when they come up into a two-legged game, whether it's against Barca or, or Bayern Munich or Chelsea going back over the years, Arsenal last season, Europa League, they, they know really well how to, to manage a tie like that over the 180 minutes and you know they've often come come out on top in games even against teams like like Bayern Munich in over 90 minutes in the group stages sometimes especially against maybe some of the the less fancy teams or teams who um are going to sit back and defend against Atletico they find it tougher in in that type of a situation um it doesn't really suit them like last season against Karabakh they they were awful and they went out they you know against Roma they um, should have done much better against Chelsea. They lost last season. They, the group stages didn't go well for them last year at all. Um, and I think this year they've, um, as I said, they've, they've made a big effort to, to focus on it and to try and come through it. Um, it's gone well for them so far, but you know Dortmund will be a, a big game for them. I'm yeah, I was going to ask you um, for for Borussia Dortmund. Atletico will post the biggest game so far of their season. Um, 
obviously Atletico have played against Real Madrid, but um, do you think that fans in in Madrid uh, view this game for Atletico as like a litmus test as well? Uh, I'm not sure if I go so far as a litmus test. They are really looking forward to it. Um, when Dorman came out of the the draw and Monaco as well, it was seen as a as a pretty tough group for for Atletico. I think Monaco's struggles and the Atletico winning in away at Monaco have have put it have um, made most people think that it's going to be them and and Dortmund who who will go through. They're watching Dortmund's games and they know that Dortmund are are doing well and scoring a lot of goals. Um, but I, they're they're pretty confident of going going through um, of that they will put in a big performance like that when they went to Monaco and one two one that I think they will have focused on on the Dortmund game as something that they want to well at least not lose I'd say the Simeone and Atletico will be delighted with a, a nil nil on on Wednesday night but they will have seen this as the, the the most difficult game in the group stages for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not going to end in a scoreless draw because so there's just too many attacking potential on, on, on the field. But <laughs> you never know, of course. Um, Atletico right now sit in fifth in uh, the Premier Division. Um, though, if I look at their results, I wouldn't exactly say that they're in, in poor form. How is the mood over there? Do, you, do they think they, they should be doing much better than they're doing? Or are they satisfied with the league campaign thus far? And what's going well, what isn't? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one so far because um, La Liga so far, you know, over the first nine games has just been crazy this season. We had Alaves at the top of the league over the weekend. Sevilla were top going into the weekend and Espanyol are up there as well, later up there. All the teams, all the, the three um, biggest teams, Barcelona, Madrid and Atletico are all suffering a bit of a hangover after the, the World Cup. I think a lot of their players came back, uh, kind of staggered back from in the World Cup at different moments, finding it hard both physically and mentally to get to get back up for for the start of the season. And Atletico, it's not as noticeable because you know Madrid is Real Madrid are are you know in crisis or everything is going so badly for Lopetegui. Their results have been awful. Barca had um, some bad results as well, and things are magnifying around them. Atletico fly a little bit under the radar, but the, they've had the lowest points um, at. at at this stage of the season under Simeone they've never had this few points they should really if they if everything had clicked for them they should be you know four or five points clear at the top of the table they've they've dropped points at home to Ibar they lost to Celta Vigo they, they drew at Villarreal again at the weekend which is a, a bogey team for them but it's still uh, a game that they could have won they were ahead in the game and you would expect maybe a Simeone team at their if they were at their very best to have gone on and won that game against Villarreal who are not doing so well this season so Atletico it, it Depend, a lot depends on how you look at it. Um, you could say that Letico are are just going nicely. They're, they've done well in, in some games. They're doing you know 100% in Champions League. They're right there near the top of the, the Liga table. But considering how the other teams have dropped points, it, it's again maybe a missed opportunity for them. They could be further ahead at the, at the top of the table. Yeah, um, we have discussed a little bit some um, the uh, let's say counterattacking prowess of. Um, Atletico in our own preview show. Um, I wanted to ask you because we, we talked a little bit about Diego Costa and his relationship with uh, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, do you know if Costa will still be out for that game first? Uh, he didn't make the squad at the weekend. I haven't seen now whether he was training today or not, but I would imagine he'd probably be on the bench. It didn't seem to be that, that serious an injury. Uh, he picked it up in the last Champions League game, if I, if I remember right, setting up a goal for 
for Griezmann and he's been troubled with muscle niggles all the time since he came back from Chelsea. He's never really got up to 100%, I think, and keeps getting these type of of niggles. But because it's such a big game, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench. And then, depending on how the game goes, that he would come in um, at at some stage, maybe in the second half. Yeah, interesting, because we've talked a little bit how uh, Griezmann needs someone a little bit more in front of him, like a number nine, and then he plays off the shoulder. See maybe mm-hmm. the same uh, for France when he plays in behind Giroud. And um, how is his relationship with uh, Kalinic so far? Kalinic is is an interesting one because he um, he had a bit of an injury when he arrived. So his first start was against Betis a couple of weeks ago. I was at that game at the Wanda, and he played pretty well. Um, he is that type of I you know I I know him kind of, but it's the first time I'd seen him in in the flesh, and I was keeping it close. I used to see what type of of player he is and he's maybe similar to Giroud in that he's um, was doing a traditional number nine's role he was doing a lot of holding up the ball playing with his back to goal trying to bring other people into the game and also hit the post and came close to, to scoring in the game I thought he, he did pretty well I didn't don't remember any particularly great link up with, with Griezmann but he looked integrated into the team he didn't look to, too bad at the weekend at Villarreal he found it a bit more difficult um, he was one of the players taken off at half time I don't think he was particularly uh, stinking the place out or anything, but Atletico in, in general changed their their style at, at halftime and went without uh, a fixture at number nine and put Griezmann further up as the most forward player and Lamar in behind him. Maybe that's something they're thinking about for Dortmund or for at some stage in, in the Dortmund game if Costa is not fit. But I, my hunch would be they'll stick with Kalinic because he he provides that role for them. He's good, you know, he's good in the air. He helps them defend set pieces and things as well. And you know, knowing knowing Simeone the way he likes to play, I think. If they can't have a number nine like that, then they will probably they'll probably start him. Yeah, I assume, especially if you sit very deep, you need that outlet that can hold the ball and then just have it for a couple of seconds while while the rest moves up the field. Um, maybe a couple more cliche questions before I let you go. But right right now for Atletico, what are the synergies that are working? Um, players that understand each other's so maybe on the right or left side or midfield. What is uh, really clicking there? Uh, it's it's been an interesting one because I'm not sure even it's a good question and it's making me think here because I'm nearly more more focused on the things that are not working so well for them. <laughs> um, like uh, Rodrigo's done really well. He's come into midfield from from Villarreal, kind of holding midfielder. We might have seen him playing with with Spain as well recently, and he's a really really lovely player. You know, he's a that kind of classic Spanish holding midfielder who's very tidy on the ball. Doesn't give it away. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. Um, similar to you know, everybody says, similar to Sergio Busquets. He's got a bit to go before he, he he's at Busquets level, but he's that type of a player, and he, he's very good at the, the job. You know, a very promising player. Simeone, I'm not sure if he likes that type of a player so much because um, Rodrigo doesn't give the ball away, but a lot of his passes are maybe sideways or to to keep possession and keep the move going, which works really well in a in a team like Barcelona or Spain when they're playing at their best and they can, you know, like the, the chess moves and they move the opposition around. Atletico are more into, into battering them down before, especially before the defense gets gets settled. Simeone doesn't like to take the, the the pace out of an attack, especially when from that uh, deep mid midfield position. And he, Rodrigo's been taken off a lot in games, even when I thought he was playing pretty well. And um, they've gone back to, to Thomas or Saul or Koke guys who know the Atletico style. The, the other kind of interesting, I think, thing about partnerships is that Godin hasn't done well so far 
this season. Um, again, another guy who you know maybe is suffering a little bit after the World Cup and it's taken him longer to get back to to full fitness. Um, Lucas Hernandez has been is younger. He was, well won the World Cup, but he's been maybe back back quicker to Atletico and, and top form. He's been playing either left sided centre back or or at left back, and where before you used to be able to to pretty much reel off who Atletico what their defence was going to be, whether it was, you know, sometimes it might be Jimenez at, at centre-back, um, but generally speaking, they were solid and you knew what you were going to get. Haven't been so far this season. They were pretty rocky at the back against Athletic, or against Villarreal at the weekend. It was um, Lucas and Jimenez were, were the two centre-backs, two guys who were 22-23, um, and Godin had to come on late on in the game to, to try to shore it up a bit, which is not something that you'd expect from Atletico. And maybe, as you say, they're dormant. Or, you know, there's so many attacking weapons and are uh, are flying at the moment offensively that you don't think of Atletico as being kind of easy to get at or whatever. But it is maybe a weakness at the back. They haven't got their defence settled down yet so far this season. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, basically. What ah. is not going well for Atletico? <laughs> After you can talk them up, you can now basically give the long extended version <laughs> when you said you focused on the negative stuff more so far. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's more um, like the things that they're doing well are, are just the things that they always do well. Um, like in the, the Monaco game, they were very um, very efficient. You know, they didn't didn't need many chances to... To win it, they they kind of grind grinded or ground a uh, Monaco down, and against a uh, Betis last weekend or just before the international break at home, they were really good in the second half. That was the best I'd seen them live so far this season, just because they they upped the intensity and Betis had been playing some really nice stuff and had dominated the ball without making too many chances. But once they let it go up things and and started to to grind, there was no Betis were just out of it completely and let it go. They won one nil, but it could have been. 3-0 really would have been a more more accurate reflection when it's a, I don't know if it's a mental thing or a cohesion thing or something but when they do click they're still capable of of playing like that and you'd imagine that a game at Dortmund um, with in the Champions League a, a special European night kind of game is sometime when Samirans teams tend to, to click like that Yeah, I really wonder how um, Dortmund's young squad uh, does against the Atletico team that usually looks very mature, just, uh, you know, dictated by their own playing style and, and how Simone likes to set them up. So that's something that I'm really interested in. Um, are there any questions you have going into this decide for yourself where things you maybe want to see from Atletico do or not do in this game? Hey. I well, I'd like I'd like to see Rodrigo be more integrated into the team. It's going to be interesting to see if he is going to play because I think that that Simeone he he's having a a bit of a an internal battle. He wants to get the team playing at a more. I don't think he cares whether it's an attractive style of football or not, but he wants him to hold possession better and to be able to to control games with the ball. He also wants to get Lamar Thomas Lamar and um, a big signing for them more integrated into the team and to um to do the things that he does well but also to in attack but also do the atletico type type things. There are two two things that from an atletico point of view you'd like to see in the game, maybe a Rodrigo being able to to do what he does best but also to to move the ball forward a little bit more quicker as Simeone wants him. And also Lamar to, to come up with a a big performance and a big goal in a game when, you know, they've signed him for this type of game to be able to to go away to a big European team and win and that will be something um 
that we collided with if, if you could do that for them. Do, do you think that this is maybe why Atletico struggle a little bit? Because I assume players might be just a little bit caught in between two minds when you usually, if you see Atletico, and especially in the Champions League, they sit back very deep and they win the ball and then they usually choose the most direct path forward. But if you say they want to retain possession a little bit better and become a little bit more lateral, And as you described, Rodrigo, he sounds very much like uh, the Julian Weigel type of player that Dortmund have. Yeah. Um, do you think that players maybe aren't exactly sure what to do in which situation, whether they uh, should retain possession or, or play forward? And maybe with that, a couple of, of runs go differently as, as they want. And, and several players have different ideas of what to do in a certain situation. Do you, do you see a lot more misunderstandings currently than before? That could be it. Like it, it wouldn't be the first time because this is, is something that has happened a few times in that Atletico sign new players that are different. People talk about them trying to evolve their style, and in the end, they go back to to what's worked for them before. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember exact incidences of of thinking that that they were kind of stuck in two minds or whatever. But I'm sure that that that's part of it. That community is they're trying to to play a little bit different. And it's going to take them a while to to work out. You know how to to keep what the best of what they had before, and maybe just add a couple of little things to it to to make them better. Yeah, it's certainly not an easy transformation. Uh, in Dortmund, we saw that a little bit after Jurgen Klopp left and Thomas Tuchel was appointed. The Dortmund shifted more from a transition-based team to a possession-based side, and uh, a lot of people and players had to get used to it. Uh, predominantly fans, because I <laughs> let's let's put it. Nonchalantly, the style got a little bit more boring, even though they were playing successful football again. But, uh, you know, sometimes football fans like this uh, on the North transition football. Um, yeah, so thanks for coming on. And um, I want to shift gears just for a minute and uh, shift the uh, topic to Borussia Dortmund's, uh, yeah, I don't want to say wonder striker, but he had a massive impact, Paco Alcázar. Um, coming from Barcelona, um, do you think that Barcelona right now are ruining letting him, him go, considering that he is in such a great form, or do you think that's only possible because he left in the first place? Uh, yeah, I, um, I just saw on Alcacer, um, just before I go, because I have to, I have to kind of run here, but, um, everybody's just been really surprised by how well he's done. Uh, I think there was always people knew that he was a good player in Apolenti. He was a he was a very good finisher and he fitted well into the team there. Um didn't Barca just wasn't a good fit for him um for for various reasons both I think um mentally and and tactically it just wasn't good for him to not be playing all the time and to be in a team. He's not the he's not the technically he's not technically the best player around. He doesn't fit into the maybe the rondos and everything that they do at, at Barcelona is not his um It doesn't play to his strengths, but he's a very intelligent footballer, a very clever striker, and obviously whatever Dortmund have been have been able to get out of him is, is fantastic. His confidence looked amazing when he came with with Spain. He looked really on on fire here. He was a different player than than we'd seen during his, his seasons at Barcelona, and people are happy for him because I think he's a well liked player. Even at Barcelona, he didn't cause any problems or anything. You know, off the pitch, he's a he's a nice guy, and he, he's a, he's um will be liked by even by opposition fans and by by everybody around Spain would have a decent impression of him and hope things go well for him. But nobody expects him to score so many goals so quickly. 
Awesome. Thank you for your time. That was really insightful. Uh, you can follow him at Demot Corrigan or Demot M. Corrigan on Twitter. <laughs> Need to be precise here. And yeah. can read all his work on ESPNFC, of course. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're doing other stuff as well. Um, so I'll let you go. Demot, thanks again for coming on and uh, providing me and the listeners with a little bit of insight. Uh, be well. Cool, Seven. Thanks very much. Best of luck on Wednesday.